Good morning. During our opening, we've got three verses to look at. It will be more of a, a topical type of sermon today, so we will be taking a break from Genesis. If you would turn to Acts chapter 3 in verse 22. This morning we're going to be looking at how Christ fulfills the offices of prophet, priest, and king. So in Acts chapter 3, verse 22, these are the words of the Lord. Moses said, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him and whatever he tells you. Now, if you would, please turn over to Hebrews chapter 5. In verse 6, Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 6, as he says also in another pray, uh, place, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And last but not least, turn over to Psalm chapter 2 in verse 6. Psalm chapter 2 and verse 6 reads, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. These are the words of the Lord, and you may be seated. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for all your many blessings. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne of grace and to just give our hearts desires unto you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to worship in a free country, to be able to walk through a set of doors and meet together as brothers and sisters in Christ, that these doors are open to sinners in the need of repentance. And Lord, also these doors are open to the unsaved, looking to hear the words of the Lord because they have been convicted of their sin, that they are vile and wretched and undone. Lord, we pray that you will bring many more people to yourself, whether it's our own family members or co-workers. Lord, we pray for a salvation for those souls, even for our governing leaders. We pray for their guidance, for their leadance, uh, for you to convict their hearts, that they may turn to you Lord, we just pray for the church in Seely Lake, Montana, that has been faithfully serving as a church planner for 23 years, but have never been able to constitute a church due to elderly ones passing away. Lord, we pray that you will remain with him and keep him encouraged as the laborers are few, but the harvest is great. Lord, we pray for just the ones that are facing persecution all throughout the world. 
Lord, we thank you for your word that it is sure and that, that, that you are faithful to it. Lord, we thank you for men and women and families to serve in these closed borders and closed countries to where neighbors will turn upon each other if they even suspect that Christ is mentioned. Lord, we also just pray for uh, the boy that was hurt up here at the high school from the beating. Lord, that you would be with his family, that you would comfort them. Lord, we don't know all the details, and that's not for us to know. It's for us to pray, not to be spreading rumors or what we've heard, but to focus our thoughts and attention on the said boy to you. Lord, be with the family and give them peace and comfort. And we also pray for him that as he's in the hospital, for him to heal and that, Lord, that you would just have your way. Lord, we pray that what this evil has been, that you would use it for good. Lord, we also pray for Tommy and Angela when Angela is still sick. Lord, we pray that you would bring your hand upon her and help heal her. And Lord, we thank you for Tommy also, that he would be able to continue to take care of her and to help her as a husband should do upon his wife. Lord, we just thank you for uh, Kingston. Lord, we pray for his eye after being hit with a rubber band. Lord, that you would restore his vision in full. And Lord, we just put this in your name. And Lord, we pray for Brother Brian as he goes and delivers your word at the church in Tuckerdale there outside of Lansing. Lord, that you would give him the unction of your Holy Spirit uh, spirit to deliver your true and unfallible word. Lord, we pray for the ones that are sick, the ones that are undergoing cancer treatment. Lord, we pray for Sister Christina and for Paul and for the kids. Lord, that you would just encourage them, help them to look for you in this time of difficulty. Thank you for this church and them being members of it. And we pray that we as brothers and sisters in Christ can come and love and support them and care for them. And most of all, pray for them also. And Lord, we just thank you for Dean Mundy. We pray that you'll continue to heal for him. And Danny Richardson, and Lord, thank you for Miss Kitty's arm, her shoulder, that it continues to improve. We thank you for doctors and physical therapists and their knowledge. And Lord, we just have so much, so much to come and to bring before you. And Lord, we just are honored to be here this morning to where we can greatly, one another, uh, lift up our voices and worship you in spirit and in truth. Be now with this word and that may it bless our hearts and that we may be convicted and be pricked to go and to serve you. For it's in your name we do pray. Amen. It is good to be able to stand up here this morning and be with y'all. And, and I think this is something very interesting, and it has kind of intrigued me all throughout uh, the past couple of months of how Christ fulfills the offices of prophet, priest, and king. So with it being more of a, a topical type sermon, there will be quite a bit of turning and so uh, lick your fingers and separate those pages a little bit and uh, it is good and see how scripture ties everything 
together from what was prophesied in the Old Testament to what has been fulfilled in the New Testament, uh, there's not a wrong word in the Bible. It's all there for a reason. It's for the use of our edification and for God's glory. So it's easy to understand what, what, sorry, it's hard to understand sometimes what exactly a prophet is. Uh, we can think back to things that we have heard, maybe Sunday school lessons or previous pastors or even just our own private reading. But here through a couple of things that Jesus Christ was acclaimed as a prophet by those who witnessed his miracles and heard his teachings. They recognized him as a bearer of the word of God who spoke with authority concerning the nature and purposes of God. So a, pro uh, a prophet was one that represented God to man, serving as God's spokesperson. So you can look back to Isaiah, Jeremiah, and throughout all the Old Testament there is uh, major and also there are the minor prophets of the Bible. So in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, pages never stick until they don't need to stick, do they? In Hebrews chapter 1 and verses 1 and 2, it says, Long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things. Through him also he created the world. So a little bit about the prophecy and prophets in the Old Testament. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15, it says, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. Verse 18, it says, And I will raise him up for them, a prophet like you, from among their brothers. And I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them and all that I command him. So are you understanding? Uh, is it clear of what a prophet was to do? They were a spokesperson to man from God. Isaiah chapter 52 and verse 7 How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. A couple other verses that says in Nahum chapter 1 verse 15, Behold upon the mountains the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace. Who keep your feasts, O Judah, fulfill your vows, for never again shall the worthless pass through you. He is utterly, uh, sorry, worthless pass through you, for he is cut, uh, utterly cut off. If you would, please turn over to the book of John in chapter 8.
we see that Christ is being declared from, him, from his father as a prophet. In John chapter 8 and verse 26, Jesus' word says, I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who send me, uh, sent me is true, and I declare the world what I have heard from him. Verse 28, it says, Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And I have a couple of more on down through here in chapter 12 and verse 49. We see that he also says this, that for I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me his who sent me has himself given me a commandment what to say and what to speak and all throughout the rest of this and and also I want to read verse 50 and I know that his commandment is eternal life what I say therefore I say as the father has told me so think about that I know that his commandment is eternal life. I say as the Father has told me. We believe in the infallibility of Scripture and how it's not a wrong word in there. Notice the words, I know. Jesus was sure of where his authority came from. It came from God calling him to be a prophet unto the people. And I thank the Lord for that. So how do we as Christians in 2023, 2023 doesn't sound quite right, but in 2023, what's our part? How is Christ working through us? Christ as being, holding the office of prophet. Think about it when we are sharing Christ to the unsaved, to the lost and dying world. We are functioning as a faithful witness, fulfilling the prophetic office. Turn over to Matthew chapter 28. We could all probably about uh, quote this verse from the top of our heads. But in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, Jesus tells us, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. He doesn't say maybe go, but he says go therefore and do it. It's not an option. And praise the Lord that there is men and women and families that have command, uh, uh, obeyed the Great Commission and went and served the nations. I mean, there is a bunch of hard places out there. I heard this story of this closed country while I was at the conference in uh, Greenville. And it says that it's a closed country, and I don't know what I'm allowed to share and what I'm not, so I'm going to keep it very vague, but it's still encouraging. 
they were giving out Bibles. They'd meet in basements, you know, the neighbor could turn you in for being suspected as a Christian, turn you into the government, the police, and, you know, pretty much there's no trial. It's just their word against yours, and that's it. Well, they'd received contact of this ministry that was going to donate 11,000 New Testament Bibles into this closed country. To this said minister's uh, event, uh, uh, missionary's house, he said it was 500 boxes, and the truck pulled up. Do you know what time the truck pulled up? He said at 3 o'clock in the morning, in the thick of night. If I can't tell you if that ain't the Lord, I don't know what it is. 500 boxes of Bibles to be distributed. Praise the Lord. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. He doesn't say the pretty places. He doesn't say where it's nice and friendly and calm. But it says unto the, all the ends of the earth, north, south, east, and, east and west, Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. All throughout the world we are to go and to proclaim the name of Jesus. Why? Because people have no hope. The said man also said, the person that I was referring to also mentioned that there is two million uh, Muslims in America. And you know what they send their monies back to home for? to stop the spread of the gospel. I just felt led and convicted as, as we are to pray for the, those. If we're not able, as Brother Brandon said, we need to pray for those. Why? Because they have been given something by God to speak to man. And if it's through the word of the Lord, that's awesome. If it's through me or them saying, you know, this is the mouthpiece of God, sharing about Christ. To God be the glory. As a priest, office, Christ fulfilling the office of priest, that's man to God. Jesus Christ, he, he, was a, he was a true person. He was a true human being. You know, it's not just a, a fairy tale, something that we tell each other to make ourselves feel good or a false hope. He was a true human high priest, perfectly represents humanity before God. He made atonement for sins by his own sacrificial death, being a divine high priest. This act of Christ was perfect once for all and of eternal value. So turn back over to the book of Hebrews in chapter 3. And I pray I've put these together to where it's not confusing but encouraging to us. In Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, holy brothers, 
You who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest for our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him. Jesus, uh, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. Turn on over to chapter 5, verses 4 through 5. We see the word of the Lord, and no one takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. So all throughout the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we, uh, it makes it clear that Mary is pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't need to cover that, do we? So even though she was a virgin, that virgin birth safeguards both the deity and the humanity of Christ. His supernatural birth indicates that he is God. That his origin is in heaven. John 3.13, if you want to go look that up. And that he was with the Father from eternity. This birth is necessary for the salvation that Jesus came to accomplish. If he had been born by an ordinary generation, he would have inherited Adam's guilt. And would have been unable to save others. His birth also demonstrates his humanity. For God takes to himself human nature by becoming the son of a woman. This is important for his work as priest. For as a human being, he is able to sympathize with people in their sufferings. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Praise God. What God has orchestrated has happened and will continue to happen. So Jesus is set apart through his supernatural, supernatural birth. And it becomes clear that early in his life that there is something distinctive about him. Now imagine this with your own child. Now Luke makes the mention that the child grew and became strong and filled with wisdom. And the favor of God was upon him in chapter 2 and verse 40. This wisdom and demonstrated when he is 12 years old and he is found at the temple sitting among the teachers, listening to them and sure he's asking them questions. But all who heard him were amazed at his understandings and also at his answers. But what did... Jesus tell his parents when they asked him where he'd been. He said, don't you know I must be about my father's business? He doesn't say Joseph's business and you find him in the cabinet shop. He said, I must be about my father's business. So we can see plainly that Christ understood, that Jesus understood his role very, uh, from a very young age. Over in Psalm 110, in verse 4, it says, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever after the order of, of Melchizedek. So here we see some Old Testament prophecy 
concerning Christ as a priest. And Hebrews has so much to say about this in verse chapter 5 and verse 6 of Hebrews. As he says also in another place, you are a high you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now didn't we just read that? Yes, we did because it is a Old Testament use of scripture in the New Testament. Write down, if you write in your Bibles, mark down right next to verse 6, Psalm 110, verse 4. It's right there. Prophecy being fulfilled and things actually coming to happen. Now, look on down in chapter 6 and verse 20. It seems like there's a lot about Jesus being our priest. And I think that that's okay. I, I feel like I pray that we haven't neglected the prophet, or which we've got to look at the kingship also of Christ. But in verse 20, it says, Where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, do we understand the words forever? Can we comprehend? forever it's easy to think that we can because you know forever that's a long time that's for the rest of ages that's that's till the end of times no it's past that because it's forever it's eternal it doesn't end it doesn't stop Christ will not cease to be our high priest In chapter 7 and verse 15, it says this becomes even more evident when another priest arises in the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become a priest not on the basis of a legal requirement concerning bodily descent, but by the power of an indestructible life. For it is witnessed in verse 17 of him, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So, that word Melchizedek, a righteous king. My king is righteous. And I do apologize, I don't have much more on Melchizedek than that. And I didn't fulfill much more of my studies into it in which I may or should have. But think about this also. Over in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 27, talking about Christ being our priest, he says, or sorry, it says, he has no need like those high priests to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins and then for those of the people since he did this once for all when he offered up himself. Are we understanding that Christ died on the cross for us, for me, for you, for our children one day? We have got to urge unto the Lord, pray unto the Lord that it was for them also, that he would send their, his convicting power upon them for their sins will be covered also. And that he is calling 
a people unto himself. While I read this next little part, turn over to Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 16, and we'll just see how crazy things used to be and how we can be so thankful for Christ and his work and what God had called him to do. So as I read this, it, at his resurrection and ascension into heaven, he entered the heavenly tent and presented his work to his father, for the salvation of his people. In contrast to the Levitical priests who stood daily because their work is never finished. Christ sat down at the right hand of God because his work of sacrifice was finished. His priestly work continues in his continual intercession for his people. As the one who bore their sin, he is able to confess their sin so that their trans transgressions can be forgiven. His ongoing intercession means that there is present continual help for the people of God. Hebrews 4.16, it says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may rejoice, uh, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Now, go back, let's go to Leviticus chapter 16. And we'll read a couple of verses. This is how crazy things used to be. And I praise the Lord, it's not like that now. In verse 21, And Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the iniquities of the people of Israel and their transgressions and all their sins. And he shall put them on the head of the goat and send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a man who is in readiness. That goat shall bear all their iniquities on itself to a remote area, and he shall let the goat uh, go free in the wilderness. Then shall Aaron, uh, then Aaron shall come into the tent of meeting and shall take off the linen garments that he put on when he went into the holy place and shall leave them there. Man, I'm so thankful we don't have to worry about having goats to carry our sins away. Christ died upon the cross. In Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 12 it says, Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Is there anything too hard or too big for our high priest that we can't take to him? There shouldn't be. We've had the assurance that's eternal, that's everlasting. He's going to be the high priest forever. Why? Because he's at the right hand of the Father. The Father gave him the job to do. Christ was obedient and he did the job. He died on that cross for our sins. And he's going to be eternally with God. 
interceding. So I don't care what we're going through this morning. I'm not saying that, let me rephrase that. No matter what we're going through this morning, what's stopping us from giving it to the Lord? To praying, to asking for help, to calling upon the name of the Lord. So, what's our role, being that Christ is our high priest? Remember, it was man to God for the priesthood. Think of prayer. In our prayer, a life. Anyway, pray. In Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always to pray and not lose heart. If Jesus has to encourage the people around him in his time to pray and encouraging them not to lose heart, I think we need that encouragement also. Don't lose heart. There's a better day coming. There's a Christ and a God, a glorification that every eye shall see and uh, every knee shall bow. Don't lose heart. On the days that it's real foggy and raining and misty, or it's the black of the darkest night, don't lose heart. When it don't seem like anything's going what we would consider our way, don't lose heart. When there's things that's happened in our family and we just don't quite understand, don't lose heart. Because we serve a sovereign God. We can all easily say 1 Thessalonians 5.17 is to pray without ceasing. That don't mean not to have conversations. Oh, I'm praying, leave me alone. But for in everything, lift up your voices unto the Lord. To pray without ceasing. No matter what it is, give it to the Lord. In 1 Timothy 2 and 8, it says that I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. So we are to pray and to give it unto God. Why? Well, one, he was obedient to his father. And he died on that cross for our sins. He took the sins of the world upon him. That once sacrifice for atonement. In Hebrews uh, 13.5 it says, Keep your life free from the love of money. And be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
pray that we can be encouraged through these words of Scripture this morning, that no matter what we in, uh, encounter and no matter what faces us, we can look to Christ, our high priest. And one day, we'll look here at the kingship of Christ and the sovereignty of our Lord. So as these are three offices, they function as one office for the ultimate mediator. Christ mediating with God for us. So one of the Baptist catechisms on question 29, it says, how does Christ execute? I do believe I'm in the wrong spot. Cancel that. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Romans 8 and verse 34, being that they were there, and my notes have got messed up. This is speaking back to Christ being our priest. In verse 34, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. First Peter 2 and 24, it says, He himself bore our sins in his body on that tree, that we may, might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. You would turn over to Luke chapter 22 in verses 29 and 30. And I assign to you as my father assigned to me a kingdom that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28 it says therefore let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken and thus 
let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. Over in the book of John in chapter 18, John 18 and verse 36, he, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting, that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. It's from God. Praise the Lord. On over in chapter 19 and verse 19. Even the pilot also wrote on an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. So through our, the prophetic ministry of the church, think about it being carried out in a number of ways. The corporate church fulfills a prophetic, a prophetic ministry by commitment to the truth of God's word and the faithful proclamation of the gospel. And I pray that that is done here and done in every other pulpit to where preachers preach. The church has been given the word of God and, like the prophets of old, must faithfully proclaim his message. In this way, the church calls people to repent of their sins and to believe in Jesus. Corporate worship, especially in the singing, is a way for God's people to teach and admonish each other. Ephesians 5:19 it says, Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melodies to the Lord, with your heart. These declare praises to God for he, uh, for who he is and what he has done. Just as the people declared the kingship and majesty of God through the song after the Exodus in Exodus 15, so the church exalts the kingship of Christ by declaring his victory. Turn over to Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9. where it reads, and they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God for, um, from every tribe and language and people and nation. So we can see that the sovereignty of God is all throughout his kingdom throughout the world. Jesus uses the word kingdom to refer to his authority to rule, and people can enter that by submitting their lives to his rule. 
they recognize that he has the authority to rule their lives. I know there's been a lot of scripture this morning, but I pray that you'll bear with us. In 1 Timothy 6.15, it says, which he will display at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And in Daniel chapter 2 and verse 44, and in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all those kingdoms and bring to them an end, and it shall stand forever. In our confession of faith, in chapter 8 and paragraph 10, it says that the number and character of these offices is essential. Because we are ignorant, we need his prophetic office. Because we are alienated from God and imperfect in the best of our service, we need his priestly office to re reconcile us and present us to God as acceptable. Because we are hostile and utterly unable to return to God, and so that we can be rescued and made secure from our spiritual enemies, we need his kingly office to convince, subdue, draw, sustain, deliver, and persevere us for his heavenly kingdom. Remember, it's eternal. God made no mistakes in choosing his son to die upon that cross. This morning, I pray that we can draw near to his throne of grace because God has spoken to man and we can pray that God will continue to speak to man and that we can use the words of God from God's holy word to speak to man, to people that are around us and also that we as looking at the priests where man spoke to God, that we can pray, that we can pray for one another, that we can be encouraged. When we're going through something hard or someone else is, why would we give it to Jesus? Because he is interceding at the right hand of God. one day we will reign with Christ that is our hope to look forward to the glories of heaven that we are just sojourners here in this world this ain't our home I might live in Baldwin or you might live in Lansing Todd West Jefferson Jefferson Gracie Creek Mexico Okay, Alaska. Anyway, it's only a temporary spot. And we are to work there until our work here is done. 
as we head into a time of prayer and reflection. Seek the Lord and how he would use you in your prayer life, ministry here with where you are. Pray in how we can encourage and lift one each other up. Because times seem perilous and troublesome. There's no good answer, but the only answer is Jesus Christ our Lord.